0: Hey there! Welcome back to the Sophium podcast. Uh, I hope all is well, and I hope you're excited to learn more about uh, ancient Greek tragedies and comedies. Uh, as uh, these tragedies and cr- comedies, or even just knowing something about it, can really help under uh, help you understand um, the different art forms that uh, were formed, as well as That have influenced uh, other art forms throughout history Um, you know especially seen with uh, ancient roman comedies Uh, even to today when we speak about tragedies and comedies Um, so i really hope you're excited Um, and like again if if you haven't followed us yet uh, feel free to follow us and um, you know be updated on our you know latest episodes of this season so our main social media account is on instagram and you can find us by just searching up um, the handle um, at sophium.podcast. And obviously, uh, you already know how to spell sophium, um, podcast. Um, Yeah, feel free to uh, like, comment, uh, as well as if you have any um, questions or any suggestions regarding uh, uh, what we should talk about. You can uh, feel free to DM us or even just uh, post a comment on one of our posts. Uh, So without further ado, let's get straight to it and uh, talk about uh, Greek tragedies. So first, we'll talk about dithyrambs. So I have just um, uh, like a a collection of topics within the tragedies. So first, uh, I'll be talking about uh, dithyrambs and its connection with tragedies. And then next, I'll talk about uh, who this person named Thespis was, Thespis. Um, and then we'll talk about um, the city of Dionysia, and then we'll also talk about, you know, uh, I guess the physical structures of an ancient Greek theater. So it's just a bunch of uh, topics uh, that I hope will help not only inform but you know also you know supplement your knowledge regarding uh, ancient Greek tragedies and uh, comedies. So first, you know, what is a dithyram and its connection with tragedies? So in a nutshell, uh, the dithyramb was the precursor, right? and I guess the father to tragedies. It was it was another kind of um, representation for theater, and this can be seen, you know, as uh, uh, as you know proto tragedies uh, for the origin of the Greek theater. And dithyrambs were especially popular back around like 6 BC to fifth the fifth century BC um, and even it was considered by Aristotle to be the origin of Greek theater and the performers you know they wore costumes they danced they played drums lyres flutes uh, you know a variety of instruments and a dithyramb was essentially a hymn right it was a choral song that was sung by a group of people, you know, a chorus to honor the God uh, Dionysus or Dionysus, the God. And Dionysus was essentially like the God of everything, like the God of theater, the God of rain, the God of harvest. Most, most notably, uh, it, uh, Dionysus was the God of wine. But also, you know, Dionysus also represented, you know, the God of emotion, passion, life and death resurrection uh also the god who lived twice and he was uh the son of zeus so uh, a lot of people knew you know dionysus as you know all these things and more but also a representation of you know what really life is it's it's chaos it's it's not orderly it doesn't follow some sequential order in our life right uh you know a tragedy or death may um strike one uh when they're in their 20s or 30s right or or you know a harvest may fail right there, there's no you know planning or prediction regarding any of this um and that's essentially the symbolic representation that uh dionysus, dionysus um, shows right um, so Dionysus he represented the passions right the motions that every human being has and now this is opposed to Apollo you know the god Apollo who represented logic uh, rationality order beauty you know that is also part of human beings and uh, the Greek culture if you don't know about it it's it's all about this balance it's all, all about this balance between the Apol- Apollonian elements, which would you know, be Apollo, so order, and then and then the, the Dionysian elements, which would uh, obviously symbolize chaos, right? And you can see this well with uh, within Greek tragedies. There there are different uh, symbolizations of Apollo and Dionysian elements that, uh, even though it may seem as if they clash, they seem pretty in tune with you know every day part of human beings. and essentially the dithyrams were performed generally to celebrate the harvest or any important events. And we can see that today such as in songs or celebrations, you know at weddings, birthday parties um, in the military, um, etc. yeah. The next question is uh, who was Thespis? Now Thespis was the father of tragedies. And this is actually the first time where we see the actor interacting with uh, the chorus because uh, that has never happened before ever in a tragedy. So, how is it possible from these, you know, manifestations as, as well as dithyrambs that we are able to arrive at a tragedy? Well, because during these dithyrambs, you know, uh, the choral, the song and dance, one man named thespies he actually stepped away from the chorus because he was part of the chorus and was an author he and performed independently uh his part uh, thus making him the first actor so for the first time we have the chorus and an actor and we have the interaction interaction between um this right and this eventually led to the birth of a tragedy and um if we're talking about uh, etymology of a tragedy the, the word tragedy comes from the greek word tragodia right tragodia trago which means goat um, and that would mean tragodia would mean like the song of the goat and many historians and experts believe that that um thespis during these performance um he would you know so after like these performance they would pay him with a goat so the prize would be like a goat, or maybe uh, his compensation. But other people also thought that the word came from the fact that these actors that participated in uh, these tragedies uh, they had a strong voice, similar to the verses, or the you know the verses or the voices you know of goats, as well as seeing that they had masks on during uh, these plays. Um, these masks would. Uh, manipulate but also amplify their voice to the point that it may make them sound like you know goats right so this high-pitched uh, noise now what was the city of Dionysia or Dionysus but city of Dionysia uh, in 535 BC uh, a tyrant politician named Pisistratos, he gave uh, the certain order for uh, tragic representations to be shown And this eventually led to the creation of the city of Dionysia, uh, which was obviously named after the god Dionysus himself, you know, the god of theater, wine, emotions, etc. And these festivals uh, that would happen every spring, they would gain a lot of attraction, attention, as well as tourists, mostly, uh, you know, for pleasure and commerce in order to celebrate the god and uh, like again this would happen during the spring so every spring from sunrise to sunset Uh, however you know there were there were winter dionysias too uh, and they were called rural dionysias as it took place in uh, rural places you know far from the main cities and the main city that would host the city of dionysia would actually be athens right um you know athens greece Uh, and the first two to three days uh, at the, at these festivals, you know, the city of Dionysia, uh, they were dedicated to singing, procession, and dancing, and, as well as other um, activities. And they were different kinds of celebration for the god of Dionysia. And then the next three days were dedicated to specifically the tragedies. And the tragedies were not only, you know, part of the religious festivals but they were also a duty and and moral obligation to participate uh, in in these uh, uh, tragedies these manifestations right these festivals were you know organized to honor Dionysius and they were organized by the city and the government uh, but also they were sponsored by private citizens through taxes all right uh, so essentially the private citizen would um, pay a tax and then this would help support um, their annual city of Dionysia. Um, as well as the rich would provide uh, services to everybody. Uh, and, the you know, the city of Dionysia was obviously one of them. Uh, and, you know, citizens, they wouldn't have to pay for the tickets as um, all the rich and wealthy sponsors that were obviously like connected to the government would help uh, sponsor uh, uh, their payment for uh, you know the festival so essentially anyone could um, attend the city of Dionysia or the festival but it's not only you could you were obligated and it was a duty so basically you were forced to go to these annual city of Dionysius and so like I said um, the first two to three days were dedicated to singing procession dancing you know etc And the next three days were dedicated to the tragedies. Um, And each day, uh, there consisted um, three tragedies per day uh, with, you know, each day, you know, with with the different author. It was basically a contest. Essentially, everyone, um, not everyone, but, you know, the tragedians uh, and the writers, authors, they would write their own tragedies and they would bring it to the city of Dionysia for it to be Uh, judged by essentially everyone Um, and at the end of the day uh, whoever whoever's tragedy uh, uh, received the most votes would actually win Um, so besides it being a contest it was also an educational ground for citizens to understand and gain knowledge about what to do and what not to do right and then after the three tragedies per day there would also be a satirical drama that would follow right after so you know with, with a bunch of tragedies each day i'm assuming they didn't want to bore their citizens so they included other um performances besides tragedies which would include drama as well as comedies you know we we see that later on too um and talking about how important this was there even was uh, an obligation f- uh, from the rich Right, and the wealthy families to offer their corajeo, which is you know sponsoring any expenses that had to do, that uh, had to deal with the chorus of the tragedy. Right, they they needed funding, so the rich and the wealthy, um, they were essentially obligated to pay for that, um, and, and contribute. Not and they yeah they had to contribute toward the expenses of the chorus, but also toward the expenses of the entire. Um, CEO of seeing that they uh paid for uh, uh all these citizens to attend, and this just shows how um important these festivals were, uh, to not only the government but also just to the entire community, right? To the entire city. And, and theater back then, compared to now, was actually intended for educational purposes and, and was mandatory. So, unlike now, where it's mainly for entertainment, and you can freely choose to go uh, under your own volition. Um, back then, you were mandated to go. I, I mean, maybe there were other cities where it was lenient. Uh, some people could go. Some people didn't have to go. Uh, you were banned to go, right? But uh, if we're speaking uh, to you know ancient Athens and Greece, um, you were mandated and obligated to go. And, and why? It's because... These theatrical representations actually taught citizens, like I said, what to do and what not to do, and I and I view it as more of a moral instruction, right? Instruction, sorry. Uh, where, whereby these citizens they they watch and view, you know, these performances, which are the tragedies, and they realize the faults of the characters, right? And they see the results or the consequences following the character's, you know, actions, and realize, I probably should not do that. And that works vice versa, right? Whereas the character fails to do something, and it was supposed to produce, a, you know, a good outcome, the citizen realizes, I think I should probably do the opposite of what the character is doing, right? So it's it's more of educational as well as like a moral instruction for uh, all their citizens. So now I'll be describing the physical structure of the ancient Greek theater. Um, and if you search up an ancient Greek theater online, you'll usually see obviously some dilapidated theater uh, made out of stone. Um, but what you also see is that it is it takes uh, advantage of the natural slope of its environment. And it was intentional due to the fact that they needed to not only be in an environment where uh, their citizens are able to obviously feel safe from the environment or the elements but also they needed an environment whereby uh citizens at the very you know at the last row of seats at the very top they could hear just as well or even better than the citizens that are you know like sitting 10 feet away from the actual performances right so the theater was obviously you know a foundational structural uh component for all greek tragedies as well as comedies as well as all you know all other greek representations during that time so first we have orchestra and this is where uh you know first the chorus would be uh located at um and when it was only the Rams, that's exactly you know the place where um, they would be located but later this is where the chorus and the actors would then be performing um, and this would be the place where the performers like again would perform and there would be around 12 to 15 men uh, as you know back in the day only men could perform and now you have the parados and these were the small thin corridors it's usually on uh, the sides of, uh, I guess, the stage or the orchestra. Uh, so there were small, thin corridors through which the actors and the chorus would actually just, you know, enter and exit the stage. And then you have the skene and this was the set or the background of the tragedy. Um, you know, a very simple building with doors you can enter into, and it was used to just hide certain parts of the set. So, for example, in... Um, in the Oresteia, you know Agamemnon, uh, the skene represented um, the royal palace of Agamemnon, right? Uh, and it created the atmosphere um, of the tragedy. Um, I don't know if all theaters had a skene, because take for example um, uh, the theater in Taormina, which is, uh, uh, I believe, it's in Sicily, it's in the southern part of Italy. Um, it has its own skene, whereas if you look at other ancient Greek theaters that are usually found on um, like a hill or a mountain, um, take for instance, uh, I think the theater of Epidaurus. There is no skene, but I'm assuming probably maybe the skene fell apart and they tore it down or something like that. But I'm I'm presuming that you know probably uh, most theaters had a skene, but probably not all, right? And then you had the proscenion, and years later, this area would be would actually be elevated, at the expense of the cor- uh, orchestra, because this eventually became uh, the new like real stage where the chorus and the actors would actually be performing. And when the chorus was less important over the years, this uh, stage became more elevated compared to before. And then you have the collion or ca- cavea. The uh, o cavea, sorry. And this is the seating where obviously all the people, the spectators would sit to watch the Greek representations. And then the cavea was built to take advantage, like I said, of the natural slope. and this natural configuration of the theater would actually guarantee the acoustics uh, would actually be well within reach for anyone that is sitting in the cavea. And also the entire theater was uh, open, uh, right? So that it was an ideal setting when tragedies would occur in spring so they can enjoy the environment, right? Um, the uh, the environment as well as, you know, the natural beauty of the geography. So that was just a brief introduction. Um, I hate to use the word brief. I mean, this is 19, 19 to 20 minutes long. Uh, but yeah, that's an introduction to ancient Greek tragedies. Uh, and next episode, I believe we're going to be talking about Sophocles. Um yeah i believe it's sophocles so tune into that episode uh, if you have any questions like again feel free to email or um send us uh, a dm or comment on one of our posts on our instagram page and we'll you know reply back to you shortly uh but that's it for now regarding ancient greek tragedies thank you so much and happy thinking